Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. Thanks for hanging out here. Thanks for checking this one out today. Got another great interview about another awesome print project. Man, this one was exciting and really cool. But before I tell you who today's guest is, if you've been listening to all these episodes, this is number 67 or so, about these great print projects. If you've seen great print and packaging out in the world there, you've got a direct mail or a book or something that you're like, wow, this is really cool. I wonder how they made this. Then you got to check out some of the stuff that we got cooking over at printdesignacademy.com. There's some courses there, some very affordable, approachable courses. There's also links to our YouTube where we're teaching print design for free. Obviously, episodes of this podcast is another way. We want more designers creating print. But right now, I wanted to tell you just Print Design Mastery is on for only $37 a month right now over at printdesignacademy.com. That is our core membership community course where we are teaching graphic designers to be experts in print, supporting them with a community and all that jazz. Printdesignacademy.com, go check it out. The links to these things are also in the description of this episode, you know, a little podcast description or whatever, um, just for easy linkages, easy linkages, links, something like that. Today, my guest is Mr. Sam O'Brien. He is the designer and creative behind Sample Co. And the deep dive in this episode is into the booklet he created for the brand Cricket. Now, Cricket, you know, there's also the sport, but Cricket is a clothing brand. And this project is the guide to living comfortably off course. Now, this piece and the brand Cricket is just full of personality, personality that I really jive with. So it was really cool hearing the development of this piece where some of the really quirky, fun ideas, and then also getting a little bit technical with how the piece was actually produced, which I believe as a designer, you will find value in how these things are put together. We also talk about fossil watch packaging and a really, really cool book that he helped put together for Lyft, um, you know, Lyft like Uber, but for scooters. And it was uh, a book all about having the proper scooter kit, you know, when using scooters. That and a whole bunch more. This was just a fantastic interview that I can't wait for you to listen to. So why am I still talking? Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. My guest, Mr. Sam O'Brien. Get the intro. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rocked their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. So let's talk ink on paper. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Print Design Podcast. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. No, it's been great that we could finally connect. I mean, you had some stuff going on, some cool projects. I had like a bunch of press checks that popped up, so we had to keep postponing and changing things, but we made it happen, man. Look at us. I know. I know. I feel like it's been a year or so, but I'm, I'm glad we finally found the time. And again, thanks for having me on. 
No, I'm happy to have you here. So I want to get into uh, just sort of like some history questions, you know, find out who Sam was as just a little youngster and what he, what he came across in his life. And then I want to do a deep dive into this print project, which was the sort of the first reason that I reached out to you because I saw this and had to do, you know, a little bit of yeah. homework on who created this, who put it out in the world. And um, I'm excited to get into that. But before we do, um, tell us about yourself, Sam. Yeah, I always feel like that's a hard question to answer. Always to, the hardest, to man. Sum it up so quickly, but uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm from Austin. My whole family's here. Um, I wasn't I can't say I was born and raised. I was I was born in in New York, but moved when I was three mm-hmm. um, because actually my dad was um, a photographer and. Uh, he was traveling around so much and I'm the youngest of three kids and, um, my mom was raising three kids in Brooklyn, New York. And I think on a, (laughs) on a photo assignment for Texas monthly, which is like a beloved publication here. Um, if you come to Austin, you should, you should check it out. But, uh, he was doing a job for Texas monthly and he, and he visited Austin and, uh, he was like, why don't we move here? And like, this seems like a cooler place to raise three kids, way more chill. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I grew up, uh, in Austin starting when I was three. Um, I was, let's see. Yeah. I was always, I was always big into like sports. I was always like hopping, hopping around from like basketball to tennis to soccer. Soccer ultimately became my like thing growing up. Um, and I was kind of intro to the art scene through my dad, who's a photographer. Um, and so they, they would always be surrounded by, you know, designers and artists and all this. And actually my first internship was crazy for, uh, when I, when I was in high school it was for Pen- pentagram design. Um, if you're oh, familiar, so cool. yeah. So there's a, there's a branch down here run by DJ Stout, who's kind of a Texas legend. He was an old art, uh, creative director of Texas monthly. And then he became partner at pentagram and my dad and DJ are like best friends. Uh, and so you know, he got me that job. Not, not afraid to, yeah, not afraid to admit that. Yeah. And that was kind of my first intro into design. But to be honest, man, I was like, I was your um, typical high schooler. I didn't really, I didn't really give a shit, and um, I didn't know how lucky I was to have that job. And I think the other interns at Pentagram were like, "Who the hell is this guy?" But <laughs> I was, I was really just, you know doing errands for them, picking up lunch and then kind of just looking over the designer's shoulders and seeing what they were doing. But e- even in my, uh, high school phase, you know, I was, I, I was, I raised a brow, you know, I was like, there was definitely a, a spark there that, you know, I was interested when they were doing these branding and packaging projects. And I was just like, Oh, that, that's pretty cool. Like starting from a brief all the way to kind of, conception to idea to finished product. And I was like, that's actually pretty, pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, then I, I, uh, I went off to college in Waco, Texas out of school called Baylor and, um, just had your typical high school or uh, college experience there. I played soccer there and it wasn't until after college that I kind of really got into design. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it was at the point where all my friends were, trying to be entrepreneurs, you know, when you're like fresh out of college, you're like, Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to do all this. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm going to be this young kid. And, you know, through some of my college courses, I, I had been intro to design and I was like, well, I can do my own thing and I can kind of be, I can make a logo for you or, or whatever you need. And so I was just like, but I got to teach myself all this stuff. So I kind of started teaching myself through YouTube. That's when YouTube like was just like blowing up and there's like tutorials that were free. So I got kind of got like free education in terms of like the technical ability on like how to use the programs and all that. Um, and so I kind of dipped my toe in the water and, and an interest became a passion. And then I just like went, just fully in, man, I became obsessed and I eventually landed an internship at an agency here called McGarra Jesse mm-hmm. and, um, was super green, um, you know, scared and like anxious and all that. But, but all those designers kind of took me in and I learned so quick from like these super talented people and that internship rolled into full-time employment and I was there for about five years. Nice. And then, then after that, I, I, uh, I started sample and it's been about two years, um, of running my own little thing here. But awesome. So were you like side hustling, you know, after hours, like while you were building sample or did you just one day be like, you know what, I'm going to do it on my own and just and yeah. work for it. I mean, like, like most designers, I was, I was still freelancing as I was working my agency job and I'll do that on the weekends and moonlighting and, and all that. Um, yeah. so I'll do that. And then, uh, you know, at McGarrett Jesse, uh, I, again, I'd worked there five years. I'd, I'd kind of worked on all the brands. I felt like I had gotten what I needed out of it and it had taught me a lot. Um, I didn't know, I, I had no plan to start sample. I, I, I jumped ship because I was, I was still in my twenties. I'd saved up some money and I wanted to travel. I went to Asia mm-hmm. for like a month. Um, then I went to Canada actually. That's when I went to Vancouver hey, and uh, yeah, I, I, I went to Calgary and Banff and it was such an epic trip. Um, yeah, and then I did some in start. Yeah. Uh, and then I, you know, did some in-state trips. So I was like traveling, but then, uh, these freelance opportunities kind of just kept popping up and mm-hmm. I kind of had every intention to get a job after my travels, but, it was just such a natural transition to like this freelance was kind of rolling into like, Oh, maybe I can do this. And like, let's just see where this goes. And then I landed one of like my biggest clients pretty soon, like after that Zilker brewing company mm-hmm. and they've been they're, they're right down the street from my office. And like, they've just been such a great client. Um, the great thing about like craft beer is like they have to release a new beer every week. And so <laughs> I'm like constantly creating labels and, and all that. Yeah. Um, so there's no shortage of work from them. Um, but yeah, so it was just kind of this organic growth that I was just like, okay, this is, this is possible. And um, yeah, it just kind of kept becoming more real, like each project yeah. and each like new client. And so I'm still kind of in that phase, you know, like, um, it's growing really well and have stability through some clients that are constant, like Zilker Brewing Company, you know, Cricket is off and on who we're going to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. and there, there's some other ones here that, you know, hit me up sporadically, but the rest is project work and like new brand identity and and stuff like that. I'm, I do a ton of merch. Like I I feel like 50% of my work is merchandise now, which is kind of (laughs) just t-shirts, hats and like all that, which is fun. You know, I can't, I can't get mad at making merch and beer and like all that constantly. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you ever see somebody out there like wearing a hat you designed or a shirt you created or a sweater yeah. or something? You'd be like, I think hey, I was in the airport. Bro, what do you think of that sweater? 
<laughs> no, I, I don't think I ever go up to them, but I was in the airport and I, I, I saw some stuff and yeah, it's just, yeah, you feel proud, you know, yeah. that somebody would want to wear that, but, um, yeah, it's cool. It's the same kind of feeling I think the designers get when they, you know, similar feel to like putting print out in the world. You know, anytime you take something yeah. from screen, whether it's merch or print and you, you bring it to, you know, a tangible form, hat, printed book, packaging, label, whatever that is, it's such yeah. a cool, rewarding feeling to see and get your hands on that. Like I, I designed this and here it is. Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely trumps digital, which I do almost none of, um, yeah. but it's a completely different like thing with like that tactile nature or having someone interact with it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, just like at the brewery or in the grocery store, if someone's like checking out with your beer cans or like just drinking your beer and like, <laughs> or just like, yeah, man, it's, it's really cool. It's just like, you get excited. You like want to like, I don't know, like take a picture of it or something, but um, <laughs> yeah. try to keep it to your, try to keep it to yourself. Get that low key snap. Just make sure the phone's on like silent, so it's not. <laughs> yeah, a big flash goes off, and you're like, oh, "Shit!" Oh, did I leave my flash on? Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's so cool, man. So I I want to find out about some more early memories of print. So what's your earliest memory of print or packaging? Maybe something from your childhood, from your teens. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think. Uh, a couple things one was like i would definitely collect packages of like let's say like fossil watches are you familiar with that like yeah. they would always have the coolest like tin packaging and um i i got like a couple of them for my birthday or christmas and i would remember i remember i'd always like stack them up in my room but um i tried to pull some like screenshots not necessarily of what i had but just of like people collect these like old fossil like uh uh, packages and they are mm. so like so cool and they can like live beyond the watch like you can either house your watch in there or just put a bunch of random stuff in there too but <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah I'll, I'll share let's see yeah it'd be cool to have a look at and then send me or i'll find the picture or you can send me the picture afterwards and i'll put it in the sort of episode carousel um on oh, instagram cool, just cool. so people can see the images as well yeah it's like it's wanting to, me to go to my like preferences and the share. I don't even know. You're not seeing my screen, are you? Nope, not yet. Okay. Now? Uh, nope, not yet. Oh, wait. Unless I need to like give you permission or something. I'm going to keep this in there. This is how we roll. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm clicking share, but then, and then I select a screen, but it doesn't let me after that. Okay. Dang, well, yeah, definitely like take a screenshot or send me the URL after this and I'll pull a picture. I'll make sure we post it. Um, I'll, can I throw it in chat right now? Yeah, I don't know if you can share images in chat. You can email it to me, email me the link and I can pull it up and bring it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, I'm going to email you these now. Sorry, man. No, it's all good. Yeah, I had a couple of fossil watches a while back as well, and I do remember the packaging. And that's the great thing about having that secondary use packaging. You know, when you make something that, you know, creates a great presentation for, um, you know, of the product, then all of a sudden it's hanging around on your bookshelf. It's hanging around yep. on your desk. You know, it just sticks around for a while. Yes, totally. 
Yeah, yeah, you got those. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to do the sharing on your side, we can we can do that. Um, but that was one of them. Um, I, I said soccer was kind of like growing up was my sport and all that. Um, yeah. I think like Nike and Adidas did a great job of like packaging their shoes. Like it was always like an unboxing experience when you got the shoes. So it would mm-hmm. not only come in like a really cool like shoe box, but then you open it up. There may be like an intro card or like something. And then there's like a drawstring bag that matches like the design of the shoes and the box. And it's just mm-hmm. like this cohesive piece, but also this unboxing experience. Yep that's really awesome and and it's cool to see how then you start learning how all pieces connect and like translate to different like bits and like um so that was always like a like a memorable thing in my childhood as well yeah 100 percent. yeah they've always done a good job of that and even recently i saw what did i see the other day um i can't i can't remember if it was nike or adidas or one of the other brands but creating like mushroom packaging so oh like really formed packaging that's like made out of compressed mushroom like Dang. compost or mushroom debris and they're like yeah it looked, looked kind of cool yeah that's really cool so it's like i'm sure like biodegradable and like oh yeah eco-friendly eco-friendly I, I yeah mean, it's made of mushrooms it's gotta be <laughs> <laughs> that's wild man gotta be for sure yeah so looking at the screen these these tins come up like they yeah they have such a cool vibe and a cool feel to the way that they've done their packaging, like the, these tins, having these sitting around everywhere. Yeah. And I, I love when brands do this, like there's like an infinite amount of like packages they do, but it still feels part of the same family. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sort of like brand guidelines here or anything other than like place the logo on the side. But even, <laughs> even with that, they've like, treated that with different logo types and like yeah. uh, fonts and stuff. And yeah, but they still, yeah, they like, they make them their own thing. Like these are like old, like retro kind of like, I don't know, out of the fifties and sixties kind of faux packaging, but your watch is in there and super cool, man. And yeah, they, they're just collectible. Cool, right? They're collectible at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and when you have like the the environment in their stores, the products are good, like the packaging is good, like that's a recipe for some good stuff to happen. No, it's just like such a cool like brand decision, I think. Yeah. Um even if you're not designer, you appreciate this stuff and you like want to collect them. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, when you have packaging that, you know, non-designers and non-print people just hang on to or just can't throw away because they there's just something about it. That's, that's mm-hmm. good. That's a winning formula there. It's like how many yeah. people still have like their iPhone box or their iPad box, right? They just can't be like, I don't want to throw this out. Like feel it. It feels cool. And Yeah. You know, I heard something interesting about Apple packaging and this could be completely bullshit, but like, you know, when you like have an, uh, you get your new iPhone and then you pull the top off the bottom, but mm-hmm. it's like, the, it's slow. Like the reveal yeah. is like two seconds at least. Yeah. I heard that was an intentional decision of a slow, too. slow reveal of your like product. And I'm like, Jesus, yeah, Apple would though. You know what I mean? They would I've, go that extra step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. One of the examples I've used in the past of, of packaging is like I bought an iPad years ago 
and had that experience, that Apple unboxing experience. And then before in early 2019, we were going to Ireland with my three kids. And it was like, okay, well, you got to get them like some kind of tablet. Like this is like a 10 hour flight. And then there's a bunch of driving we were doing around Ireland and Scotland. And uh, so like, let's get them like something. So we looked online, like what's the cheapest thing? Cause they were little, right? I don't, it's, I'm not going to buy them all iPad minis. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I found like the Amazon fire tablet. It was like the full color yeah. one. You could still run games on it. It was like an e-reader, but on steroids, you could do like kid stuff with it. And so we bought that and they were like 45, 50 bucks a piece, like really cheap. And then the packaging that it came in, it came in this like gable top paperboard box and it was like loose in there. You could like shake it around. <laughs> it, it was like the tablet was just like boop, dropped in this gable top box and taped and out, out it goes. Yeah. The difference of that compared to Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's your price point difference. There's there. Like, could you imagine if you ordered an iPad and it just kind of came like loose in a box, yeah, but you yeah. paid 560, 700 bucks for it? Yeah. What it wouldn't happen. This? Yeah. So that packaging happen. plays a huge role in, you know, setting that value standard. Yeah. And that feeling when you first get the product and open it, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a different experience. So what about recently, Sam? Any recent interactions with printer packaging that you were surprised by or you really enjoyed? Yeah, for sure. Um, one in particular um, that I'm going to send you a link for, actually, and it will do just such a Yeah, you better can put a link in the chat here. Okay, perfect. Um, this, is, this actually, and it's a good segue, too, before Cricket, um, yeah. the Cricket book, because this is a big inspiration behind it. So when I was still at McGarrett Jesse, um, some designers were working on a project for Lyft, the ride sharing, mm -hmm. uh, company. And, uh, it's when all these, you know, all these like electric scooters came out yeah, yeah. and, and there was just like, it was like lawless on like <laughs> how you, how you use these. And so, uh, because people would like, just like throw them down, throw them off bridges and just like, <laughs> It cut be <laughs> cut between traffic and cars and it was just like all this like crazy shit people would get hurt and so the heavy metal uh, of the transport industry <laughs> yeah yeah so um our agency made a solution during south by southwest a big music festival um and and, and tech and interactive festival here mm -hmm. um called the like lift guide to scooter kit or something like that <laughs> and so it was just like the proper way to use a scooter and like all this, but it was all in this, just like this badass little print booklet. And I'm going to share that, that link with you. Now there's a video and there's just like, um, little shots and gifts of the, of the, um, of the actual booklet that mm -hmm. you'll get an idea for how like cool this was. I'm throwing in the chat right now. That's cool. <clears throat> Okay, I'm going to pull up this window and share it here. Yeah. <laughs> Slow your roll. Lift scooter kit. Yeah. Rampant carelessness and safety concerns were causing city officials to consider banning e-scooters. Oh, that's so cool. So it has like yeah. interactive yeah. things in it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, like 
stickers, uh, foils, that little thing we had in like uh, elementary school. What are, what were those like things called fortune cookie things? Like, oh yeah, you know, I know what you mean. You like the little four. It's got four panels, and you go back and forth. And you're like, okay, what's your what number? Yeah, exactly. Fortune teller, paper things. Yeah. It had maybe like a scavenger hunt or a map. Um, Dude, just all this like cool stuff. Then they translated it, a lot of the stuff in the book to like uh, snap stickers and stuff. And so it it was a cool thing to see like how print translated to digital and it made this like cohesive like campaign. Um, So all that just like connected really well. Um, and it was just a little booklet and then these big print pieces, you know, like, which would just deck, like deck out walls, like during South by that's so cool. They even had like a thousand rides were more rides were completed. Yeah. So you, you actually get some metrics on like the, the impact of like this booklet. I remember too, there was like, um, a support line, like a, a, you could call a number and like, I don't know, like report a problem with scooters or something, but we did this whole like recording and stuff and like, yeah, man, it, it's cool. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh, it had, it had like little hand wipe, like, uh, glued in there so you can like keep everything clean and stuff. Uh, because germs are, you know, I guess transmitted during like one person to another during these scooter rides, but mm-hmm. It just had so many cool things like in a little booklet. Um, so I just thought that was so cool. Yeah, that is a really cool piece, man. Just when when brands get really loud like that and just do things in design where you look at it and you're just like, what did they do? Like, what is this? Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's that question that becomes so intriguing that you're looking at it more and more and you're remembering it and you're remembering that experience with it to the point where if somebody opened that and like use that wipe every time they touch a, a wipe at the gym or like changing a diaper or something they're like, Oh yeah, that lift book. I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can imagine like the printing costs on it. I think it was like, even though there was like thousands um, produced there, it was like $7 a book to, to print you know but yeah. so worth it still yeah because it looks like, looks like there's like fluorescent inks in that thing and there's all kinds yep. of stuff going on in there so i'm going to pull some photos of that and share that in the episode carousel as well that'd be cool yeah yeah mm-hmm. what a great one yeah it's awesome Very um cool. so sam what was the first print project that you were ever a part of you had talked earlier about landing that brewery client and now that all of a sudden you're cranking out labels, but I'm wondering if it was that or yeah. something earlier, what's the first print project you're a part of? I don't, I don't know if I can really remember the very first, but, mm-hmm. um, there was definitely like a memorable one at, when I was at that agency, McGarry Jesse. Okay. Um, and it was one of the first like major ones I was, I was a part of, and it was for, uh, one of, I think Texas's first craft brewery called Shiner. I don't okay. know if y'all get Shiner beer in Vancouver. It doesn't sound funny. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, but it's like a beloved Texas brand. Um, and the agency had the account for like 20 years or something. But nice. it was for their Oktoberfest beer. And mm-hmm. usually when these projects come up at the agency, it's just such a – like it, it, every designer wants to be on the beer project, you know? Yeah. So they like throw like – you know, three or four designers on it. And there's like 
10 concepts that come out of it that we present to the client. I somehow got mine through and they picked it. Um, and, but it, you know, this is like a suite of product products. So it's like, it's a bottle, it's a can, it's a six pack, it's a 12 pack, it's a mother carton. It's like, there's so many pieces. It's POP. It's, um, all these things. And so you're just kind of thrown into like all these deliverables and translating a design to so many pieces. Mm -hmm. And it was my first experience on a press check. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, throw you an image that I pulled. I'm going to email again. (laughs) Do you want to email or Uh, chat or is it an image or a link? It's an image. Um, okay. Yeah. Email. Yeah. So I just sent that to you. Um, and I remember it was like, uh, my first press check, they flew me out to Wisconsin in this really <laughs> small town. And it was just like, so I don't know. I was so excited like about it though. It, okay. It just, I, it just went through, I guess it was a large photo. Um, and, uh, so I was in this small town in Wisconsin, like, checking all these like boxes and cans and like all this stuff. And, uh, I just felt like a true designer. I don't know. Like I felt like legit mm-hmm. or something. Um, but I remember getting back and like checking the, the, the proofs versus my Pantone chips, like in another light and like, ver- like the can versus the bottle and I just thought I fucked up like so much stuff. Like <laughs> I, I, I thought like what the orange was like slightly off and I was like panicking, dude. I was just like, Oh my God, like what have I done? Cause they're about to like produce like thousands like yeah. of, of like all this stuff. And I went to my design director at the time and I was just like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like I, I just, I, I messed up. And she was just like, she's like this, is nowhere near as bad as you think. Like this looks great. Like I think on my first press check, I did the exact same thing. Like I, 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 I think I like messed up a color or something, and I was just like, like cried in the bathroom or something. And, like, <laughs> and um, and then she she made me feel much better. And then once I like saw it in the store and like all that, like it, like and then people told me they're like, oh, I wouldn't have even noticed that, and yeah. and I was like, okay, I'm way too close to this, and like all that, and I was, you know, eventually happy with the end result, but um, yeah, it was just all these pieces. It was an Oktoberfest style beer, and um, I got to design, you know, a Shiner package, which was just kind of like such a cool thing. Like I I I had to do that before I left the agency, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a um, great so- one, man. And you're totally right when you're at a press check, you know, you, you as the designer, you're so close to it that any sort of visual variance or any little bit difference, you're like, oh my, this is like the end of the, this is a huge deal. And it's funny when that gets into our mind and, you know, coming from the printer background, like I see those things too. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, is the end consumer who's buying that beer is never going to look at the six pack besides the 12 pack box and be like, those don't match. Forget that. I'm going for Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. never going to happen. No, I know. I know. I was like, just so in my head about it, but it, it was just a good learning experience. I'd, yeah. Yeah. It's not as big a, of a deal as we make it out to be, you know? No, but it is good to, to have that side where, 
you know, you are critical of things and you are, you know, it is important to make sure things match and come out right, you know, for the client's benefit. Um, for sure. Just really showing them that like you looked after this and this was important yeah. to you. Like even just for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's true too. So we do our best jobs, but there's, there's a little bit of room for error, you know? Yeah. All right. So with that one, you were like a little bit worried about the color, but in the end it was all good. I got to ask you now, have you ever been a part of a project that did not turn out as you had hoped, didn't go well, went sideways? Um, Any little stories like that that you can share with us? There's been multiple typos that have been produced um, (laughs) through Zilker Brewing because we just, we just like push out so much, so much content and beer and like, it's hard to like check everything. Um, I've had like a few typos on that. And, um, I guess that's a little bit embarrassing. The good thing about that is like some of those beers are like two weeks and done. So yeah. it's like, ah, so super short shelf life. Um, there was this one for my buddy who runs a, he, he makes uh, wake surfboards. Um, cool. and I spelled, uh, I think I spelled surf wrong. It was like, I, I don't even, I don't even know, dude. It, it, it like flipped some letters and it was like S R U F like, or something <laughs> like that. And it, and he like printed like hundreds of shirts and he was at, um, a, he was at an expo like selling stuff. And then I think someone just came up and was like, you realize that's like spelled wrong. Was that intentional? And he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That was intentional. Yeah, pretty like, clever, oh. right? Yeah. And then he like messaged me and like showed me a picture and I was like, yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> so the good thing he was that he was a good friend. So, you know, yeah. uh, he let it slide and um, and all that. But typos have been my my main one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. How about you? How about you? Have you had me? Yeah. So the best one I'll share with you is a year and a bit ago. Um, and this is kind of like the worst side of things because like a lot of typos just like can slide and it's all good. It's not worth the reprint cost and all that. Yeah. But one is um, a job that we were working on and it was a super tight timeline for these books that go out to um, not the same university that I'm doing some work for now, but um, for this university. And it was their big marketing piece. It goes out to all the potential students. It was called, they called it a view book. And okay. um they put together this view book. It, they proofed it. They printed it. It was an $18,000 print job. So printed all the books. And literally the next day after delivery, I get a phone call saying, um, hey, Dave, we have a problem. Can you phone me? I missed the call. as a voicemail. And immediately as the printer, you go, what did we screw up on this? Yeah. How did we do this wrong? And I phoned them up. And long story short, the designer who created it had brutally misspelled the name of the university's largest donor. So the, the, the donor for the university that literally gives them millions of dollars a year was the, the name was completely butchered and it was a very prominent last name. So they kind of wanted to like people to know that it was them. Like they were the top donor. They owned a bunch of businesses in the area. Like they want people to know. And it was misspelled. So they had to reprint the entire run because it was all perfect bound books. There's no ripping a page out and just replacing a page to reprint the entire thing, had an emboss on the cover, a foil stamp on the cover, do the whole thing again. 
again, in a super tight timeline, um, to fix the guy's name. Oh my God, dude. That's it. Did, yeah. did they, did they pay or did you eat the cost or, I mean, it's no, not your paid. fault. No, it's not yeah. our fault. We did nothing. We even proofed yeah. it and they signed off on the proofs. Their signatures on the proofs. Damn. I think we well, like helped, I, we helped them out because like yeah we understand and we phoned the paper vendor and we're like hey this is the situation anything you guys can do to help out and like we all kind of work together and that's what why I always tell designers it's so important to have a great relationship with your printer for in situations like these if you had a poor relationship yeah. and you were super mean to your printer they're just yeah. gonna say like yeah the price is eighteen grand yeah yeah they're actually nineteen now price went up. Sorry. Yeah, like a rush fee. Yeah. Yeah, rush fee. But you know, if you have a good relationship, like they'll work with you. They'll they'll pull out all the stops they can. They'll connect with the community that helps bring a project together to say, hey, what can we all do to help these guys out? So yeah, but yeah, that was a yeah. that was a good one. Where it was like initial, you know, gut drops because like, what did we do wrong? This is a big job to get wrong. Right. And then finding out that it was their typo, and kind of. It's depending on how you look at it, it's kind of silly. Like, so they spelled your last name wrong. Is that worth mm -hmm. them spending $18,000 of your donated money? Yeah. Apparently it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like someone else's mistake, but y'all kind of saved the day there. Yeah, it's that's that's why you have great relationships with, with your clients and with designers yeah. because it just everybody wants to put great print and packaging out in the world. And yep. we just like got to work as a team to do that. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of great print and packaging, Sam, um, the project that I reached out to you on Instagram about was this cricket booklet that you put together. It was visually yeah. stunning from the stock that was picked, the bright colors, like the solid colors of the cover. Um, oh, man, it looks good. Yeah. So he's holding it up. And it just had unique binding. It had some specialty finishing treatment. I liked the stock that was used. Um, yeah. And I wanted to just learn more about it. So I want to kick this over to you for a deep dive and just hear about a little bit of history on like the client and your relationship there and then how this project came to be. What was yeah. that first meeting like? Like what was the plan? How did you pick paper stocks, budgets, quantities, all that kind of stuff? If you're whatever you're able to share, we'd love to hear yeah. that behind the scenes. Well, starting off with how I got the project, um, it was I was actually contacted by some people I used to work with at that agency, McGarry Jesse. Um, okay, and they had the relationship with the client. They were doing strategy and positioning and personality for them. So basically, just. Um, laying the groundwork for their new brand essentially. But then they needed, of course, a designer for brand identity, style guide, and then um, this brand book, which is kind of like their brand Bible. You know, it's kind of like, this is yeah. their DNA for like, this is what they would, this is what they would hand out to like new hires, vendors, anyone they're working with in a creative sense, I think. And it's a quick download on like what this brand is, what they're about. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, a guide for their brand and hopefully mm -hmm. we'll, we'll stand the test of time and, and, you know, forever be in their back pocket, like to educate people on, on who and what cricket is. So, <clears throat> so these, these guys, uh, 
wrapped me in and I, I worked with one of my buddies. Um, I got a shout out his name, Derek Bishop, who was the creative director and writer on this project. And he's just such a creative guy. And it's so much fun working with him on these projects. It's like, we did this one and now we're work. We, we just finished up another one. Um, and we always do these massive like brand book projects, but it's always so fun to work with him. Um, and yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a long experience. Um, all the kind of brand identity and all that, uh, preceded this, but this was the final piece and the design, I mean, probably took, I mean, it's like probably 50 pages, of like each page it's kind of its own beast Mm -hmm. um as you can kind of see on my site it probably took like three like two months to design i would say um and the printing the printing process and like going through that that took and that probably took another like three months at least dude it it was because yeah, the initial meetings, like you're saying, we were discussing paper stock. Um, we were just getting samples after samples. We we're talking about finishing touches. Um, like that was like a try or like an accordion kind of fold out thing. Um, it was our centerfold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Perfect. um, and that was actually of like the CFO there. And, and I tried to make it look like I designed it on Excel or something. Um, we had like a coupon book in there. Um, yeah, we had foil. If you can kind of see like a holographic foil. Yeah. Up here, like on this record. Yeah. On the record. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, Oh yeah. Like uh, how could we make the, like we, we talked about varnish and like, how can we make it like kind of, glisten like a record and that's where the printer would come in they're like well i i have a really cool idea here so we kind of like worked nice. collaboratively and they're like uh we have this really cool sample of this foil paper that we could use and so they kind of like gave us some samples of that and we're like yeah let's just do it where it like breaks through and glistens a little bit so mm-hmm. we did that um we did uh varnishes that we hit like a few times it's hard to see maybe on the on some of the prints but like like for instance like if you go up on my site and i'm and i'm showing oh yeah you can kind of see look on my screen do you see the yellow yeah so that was like we we hit some some of those with like varnish so they're they're not only like raised because we hit it a few times but they like glisten um so there's some like textural contrast that's just like a small thing but like kind of just like a really cool thing that makes it a little bit more than just a, a, a digital print, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, on, on here too, like we would do it on all these big type pages. That's a little oh, bit yeah. harder to see. Um, yeah. And, and so we did like varnishes, foil. Um, here's a cool page that's not in there. Um, we had the idea of doing like pop-ups um so these are kind of like That's you can see wild. they're separated yeah uh so so uh cricket had these billboards that would live outside of their uh retail store and yeah. these this these awesome graffiti artists would do these and they're kind of like these beloved movies or like characters that this, they would that Ron kind burgundy of, in there yeah oh <laughs> so, that's amazing like, 
that's Ron Burgundy. That's what's his face from Office Space. Um, that's uh, <laughs> Bill Murray from Caddyshack. Bob Barker from Happy Gilmore. Uh, Matthew McConaughey from um, Days and Confused. All these yeah. are kind of like part of the brand, hero, heroes of the brand, you know. Um, but they were, these were all actual billboards that lived outside of their store. But they're, we're like, okay, we got to like celebrate those. And we did like little pop-ups out of it. And like, so that was a cool little thing. Um, another thing was uh, we did a, you, you know, in like old magazines, like tippins, like mailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So by the way, this is a shirt company. I, I, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't no, even I was explain gonna get, that. I was going to get to that. Like this, what the, what Sorry the company about is about. The company makes like vintage inspired polo. So polos like out of the sixties and seventies that like old football coaches would wear and yeah. like old golfers like Jack Nicholas, they're actually like, they're bringing the polo back, dude. It's like, they make really awesome shirts. It's like Peruvian cotton with like this cool little pocket, these deep collars and, um, right and all that so they, they just like they, this is their main product they make some other apparel items too of course mm-hmm. but this is kind of what they're known for are you um, repping a cricket right now I'm not i'm not unfortunately <laughs> um, but i do have quite a few cricket shirts uh they hooked <laughs> awesome. me up but this was this tip in was for casual friday policy so you would mail this to your boss uh, so it's like if you're if if you're if you're like in a corporate job and you have to like wear a suit every day, it's like this is like yeah. you can wear some like just like cricket shirts and like jeans and stuff. Yeah. Um, so we had like tipping mailers in there. Um, we did like spot race varnished, so it looked like stitching, kind of like yeah. speaking to the clothing aspect, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to think what else. Like we, there's just. We had like so uh, much, like even down to the binding where you're like, okay, well, we got 48 pages or whatever in this thing. Sure, we could do a standard staple in the side, but let's do something different. And you literally stitched, you did this, the seam sewing is what it's usually called. Yeah. They literally sew the spine of the book. Yeah. And that's actually a funny thing. Well, and we want to do that, of course, because like these shirts are like sewn and like all that. We're speaking to the product and this needs to be like an extension of that. So it's, it's, it's conceptual in, in the production like yeah. as well. But uh, we had originally had such thick stock, dude, that um, it broke the binding, like the sewing needle. Um, oh, it, broke, wow. it, it broke the machine, but then we, we figured it out um, and eventually got some thinner, thinner stock and like all that. But yeah, and I had like a coupon book that all, these are all like places in Austin, like Deep Eddy and Barton Springs. And if you come visit, you'll hit up some of these places with me. Um, and these are fake coupons, but it's like, uh, Deep Eddy is like an old dive bar, right? So it's one free dime (laughs) for the jukebox offered expired. Here's a quarter call someone who cares. Um, so that's all like Derek's copy. That's just like so cool. Um, and yeah, man. So it was just like, such a fun piece to do we even had like uh let's see like we had fake ads in here like this um like you know skip the midlife crisis uh enjoy this roomy midlife chrysler (laughs) and there's little like cricket logos hidden in here like right back here and all these bullet points not a convertible doesn't set off red flags within your community it's a whole family. It repels, <laughs> repels the other woman. <laughs> Jeez. 
Um, That's so, so really like the brand is really unique and quirky. It's got history. It's got, you know, just a fun vibe and story behind it. That's also got this like retro theme throughout. So you basically got to just have an absolute blast. Yeah, dude. Putting this thing together with like crazy ideas and kind of, did they ever say no to any of your ideas? Dude, they were such a good client. Like they were, the two founders are like, you were immediately friends with them. Like beer's first meeting, you know, completely comfortable vibe. Um, They really cared about the brand. So they were invested in like the decision-making and all that. But they Mm -hmm. were also like, it's the best client because it's like, you guys are the creative part where the business part and like do your thing like we know what we're producing here but like we want y'all to bring it to life so yeah i was like 50 pages of like have a blast and um and so yeah man it it was like there's very little that they like came back to us on um i would say 90 percent of the content they approved and like there's just like little small things that we tweaked here and there and they've continued to use the content like on their social like I designed it in a square format so it could be recycled to like Instagram very easily. Um, And so they've continued to use it on social, on their website, and they're still pulling some of the graphics and language for other content. So it's, it's lived on beyond the book. That's such a fun piece to put together because, and I love that it's a brand book because, you know, right now or the last number of years, you know, you get people saying, Oh, print is dying. Print is dead. And I always say uh, it's not true at all, not even close. Print is actually growing, but it's also evolving in what they're doing. So rather than yeah. people printing you know, a catalog of all of their products and sending it to all of their clients, they're doing these really fun, really cool brand books, so these look books that sort of yeah. tell a story and give emotion and feel and um, you know, energy and attitude behind the brand and sending out these, this brand book that then drives traffic to an online store or their Instagram, which leads to the online store. They're using print and really unique tactile experiences to drive traffic to the online sort of revenue source. Yeah, dude. Um, no, I, and I love when it like kind of lives beyond that and actually produces results for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, selfishly, uh, I would say it was like very much of like our project too. Like we were, we were kind of like equally invested, like the client and us, like we wanted, we were just so excited about it. And it was, it's got us more work since then. Like other companies have seen this brand book and we just completed another one for the, for a company here called home run dugout, which is, do do y'all have top golf in um, Vancouver? Yes. It's essentially that, but for like baseball. Um, Cool. And we just did the same process. So there's a, another, brand book coming out that's that's pretty pretty sick you're pretty excited about it i am yeah yeah i also want to shout out to our printer on both these projects it's capital printing in austin texas um they've been like you said that relationship with the printer Mm -hmm. like she uh, tanya our, our our rep there has just become a buddy and like our last meeting we just like went to a brewery got beers and just was mostly mostly just like catching up and you know you know talking about print here and there but uh mm-hmm. yeah they, they've just been so awesome like to to work with 
That's great. And that ties into sort of the next question I was going to ask you about this is what was like, what was the proofing and press checks like? Did you guys do stock like dummies and like blank mock-ups and things to really get the form feel correct? And how did that all work? Yeah, um, we did we did press checks and physical proofs um, before running everything. Yeah. And one of the one of the main problems is we first we were doing the whole thing digital, and yeah. uh, we we found that this cover was like chipping away all the paint, especially on the spine when it where it like um, was was bent and all that and mm-hmm. or scored and all that. But yeah, it'd be crap. So we we're like, oh, what? Do, yeah, the cracking and we're like, what are we going to do about this? And then, so, um, we switched to offset and that like completely solved the problem. Yeah. So that was like, that was one, one thing that we, we had to go through. Um, we went through different stocks, like on the internal stuff and getting like thickness, right. And the feeling, the tactile feeling and all that. Um, you know, and so there was like probably two prototypes before this, Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, the printer's kind of right around the corner. So I was able to go there often and, and, cool. and just, you know, quality check this thing and get it, get it to the right point. That's really cool. So the, what, do you remember what paper stocks you ended up settling on? Like what are they? Are they Man, I, I cannot, I cannot think. I mean, the cover like it looks like Dude, a, felt, so, a felt finish, like a nice felt texture on it. it it's kind of, we kind of wanted to, yeah, it, it's a little bit like that. Um, it's, we kind of wanted to replicate like almost like a cotton like feel mm-hmm. uh, representing the shirt, you know? Um, so it's kind of fabricy, I, I guess. Um, it's probably like a hundred pound stock embossed, um, yeah. Finish. I couldn't tell you the actual product of, of the interior in the actual pages, but I can just kind of describe it to you that the interior is probably like a, maybe 40 to 60 pound stock, um, Mm -hmm. digital printed, you know, all that, but, um, kind of, kind of what you'd find in a magazine, but, but a bit more robust. Yeah. Um, so you'd mentioned digital printing. So generally digital printing is used for, you know, your smaller quantities and things like that. How many, how many, um, books of these do you guys, did you guys actually do for that print run? Yeah. So the initial run, it, it was small. It was probably like two, 200, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah. I want to say the price per book was probably right under like five Yeah. with everything, which was all right. Um, but we've talked to the the brand about doing maybe um, a cheaper version that we could like kind of mass produce and hand out to like different spots in Austin. So more Mm -hmm. probably like a a newspaper stock or something, which I think would be really cool. Um, so this is kind of like the special edition, like for the, for us and for the, for the brand and all that. But, um, I think we may push like a more economical version too. So there's cool that there's options there as well. Definitely. And from, you know, from the first meeting and idea of the project to holding the first finished copy of the print run in your hand, what is that timeline like? It was longer than it should have been. It was when uh, COVID was happening and like yeah. mm-hmm. supply chain issues and um, people in and out of the office. Um, so it may be skewed a little bit this timeline, but I, I would say like six months. 
mm-hmm. uh, from concept to print product um, yeah. with some hiccups in there. I think there are some pages that were rearranged and we accidentally signed off on some proofs, but they were really good about, um, I think they, they ate the cost there and they, they worked with us and reprinted and all that. Um, so there's some, some hiccups along the way, but, um, we, we finally got it to a final product. So, uh, yeah, probably like six months, but I guess you can expect that on a lot of print projects. You will have some mistakes sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, it's, I want I don't want to say it's hard to get a print project right, but unless you're, you know, fully immersed in that type of printing often, like there's always, the, learning print, there's a long learning curve, um, mm-hmm. you know, to just understand all of the pieces and process of it. And even to learn and understand, like, knowing that when you're printing full coverage, on the outside cover of a book and you're scoring and folding it, like certain types of digital printing are super prone to cracking and busting open like that. So you got to look at offset or look at um, yeah. a different style of, um, yeah. of digital printing, right? So just learning all that kind of stuff like definitely takes time and, and, and figure yeah. it out. So to go from idea, like all the way through design, through prototyping, through test prints to an actual print run during COVID, when you know t- getting paper was double or triple or more the time yeah. it usually takes to get paper, Grab right? Yeah, like that is basically. It, yeah, it adds all that extra time. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so, and did they give you any feedback on like? In, I, I'm not necessarily ROI because it's not really, you know, it's it's not like a direct mail that went out there and look at the sales we got from it or whatever. But like, what's been sort of the brand ROI on putting that piece out there? Is there increased like traffic to the website, increased social media, like all yeah. that stuff? Um, by the way, can you still hear me? One of my AirPods just died. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I so that right now, I guess, is hard to quantify. Um, mm-hmm. All I could tell you is. They're continuing to use the content. It lives on their site. The company has continued to grow. Um, you know, I think they're doing better than they ever have now. And um, so, and I think it's helped them just like they've they've continued to take what we've done and implement it into all channels of their business, um, whether that's like a commercial or like um, you know short little video advertisement, um, social uh, website. Um, email, all this stuff. And, uh, it seems like they just have a, a way better grasp like on their brand and it feels way more like honed in and cohesive. So I think there's at least that there. So there's like consistent messaging and, um, they've just had a, a solid feel for like what their brand is now, but in terms of like sales and ROI exactly, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. It, it, for yeah. us, like I said, we've continued to get work from it. So on our side of it, <laughs> selfishly, There's it's the been good. ROI. Yeah, it's been good. But I hope it. I hope it's you know benefited them just as much as it's benefited us. Mm-hmm. Man, this is awesome. Such a good looking piece. Um, I want to start to just sort of bring this around to the finish line here, Sam. And what advice would you give a designer who is out there and has never done print before? 
but yeah. they are wanting to create some kind of print, whether it's a label or a book or something, where should they get started? What's that start point to get into print design? Man, I think it's kind of like when I started, it's just taking the projects you can get or almost like offering yourself up. Like you got to get started somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have anything yet, sometimes a pro bono job is not necessarily the worst, you know, mm -hmm. like offer your services for free and it's a learning experience for you and, and a small client or something. And, um, that's, you can kind of dip your toes in the water. If you do a good job, you know, in my experience, it leads to other jobs and yeah. then advice for like a first time print project, um, print it out, like get, like actually get a printer. If you have like a die line for a beer label or like a carton package, print it out, fold it up, see yeah. how it's going to look. Cause like, mm -hmm. that's like the hugest thing, you know, you can't rely on digital mockups and like all that, like it's not going to translate hundred percent accurate. So I remember when I was like, just new, like green, real green at my agency job. And I'm, I was like asking my like sweet mate about like all these things for like a, a package I was doing. And he was just like, we'll print it out, fold it up, like <laughs> see how it looks. And, like, and I was yeah. like, that's so yeah, obviously like, um, do that and keep doing that until it's exactly kind of like what you envision, but just like, it's like measure twice, cut once, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Whether that. you're, whether you're doing that at home on your home printer and just sort of like obviously scaling it down and mocking it up, you still get the idea. But like, if you're designing a booklet, you're not sure on a couple of things, you could even just get it like, get it printed at Staples or some local yeah. digital printer. And it's not going to cost you very much money at all, but it just helps you visualize and make the connection between what you're creating on screen to what you're holding in your hand. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's like a necessary part of the process. So just don't, yeah. don't go in blind. Don't just throw something on a dial in and send it to the printer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that those would be the things I would say to get, get started, you know, just, and maybe you can even, if, if you don't have any opportunities, like create a project for yourself. I, I did so many, so much spec work when I was first creating my portfolio, trying to get an internship. Mm -hmm. I didn't have like one real piece of work. You know, I just, it was all spec work. So create a project for yourself, do something you do a dream job you'd like to do. You know what I mean? Like, and just like throw it up there and like create a package and, you know or create a print piece and, you know, mm -hmm. go from there and it's teach yourself. Like that, that's how I started, you know, just teach yourself. hundred percent. Love that. Um, so Sam, to bring this one home, where can people find more about you, about sample and the work that you're putting yeah. out there and all that kind of jazz? Um, yeah, just really on social man and my website. So sample for, for social at sample underscore co. Um, I don't know if you like link that or, or yeah. So I'll put the links to um, your website and to your social media and stuff in the description yeah. of this episode. So people will be able to easily click it um, if they go that route or they can just pull up Instagram and search sample underscore co and find it. But yeah, we'll make it easy. For yeah. You to find it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> give me a follow and um, holler with any questions and, you know, I love connecting with the designers via social. That's how we awesome. connected, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, smash that like button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. 
That's awesome, Sam. Well, thanks so much for being my guest today and for giving us some of the backstory and sort of some of the production details on putting this cricket book out there, telling us a bit about the brand. Um, it's on my radar now, so when I need new shirts, you know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, dude, get get one of those, and and of course, hit me up if you come to Austin and. We can grab a beer and I can show you some cool spots. But uh, thanks again for having me on the show, Dave. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you, everybody, for checking this one out. I told you it was a great conversation. Love connecting with Sam here. And if you're ready to start learning about print and how to create awesome books, just like the one that we talked about in this episode, books that are full of personality, different print techniques, all that jazz, go to printdesignacademy.com and check out what we got cooking. There's some links in the description of this podcast episode. Uh, also check out our YouTube. We're putting content out on there teaching you print design. We just want more designers creating print. That's it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.